Grand Rising, everyone. So I'm back with another dream. <laughs> uh, I'll just tell you about what happened in the dream first, and then as I do that, we'll talk about what I took out from it. Because at first when I had this dream, well, the dream is in two different parts. So I'll talk about the second part first, and then I'll go back and talk about the first part. And it's funny because when I was having the dream, I just thought, oh, it's just I'm just having a crazy dream. And it wasn't until I went back to sleep that I realized that there's some jewels that I can pick from the dream that I had. And there's lessons to be learned. So here we go. <laughs> so I guess maybe I should say that I was watching porn before I fell asleep. So that's probably why this part came up. <laughs> um, so my dream, the second part of my dream started, I was on like a porn set or something. And uh, it was like this girl having sex with this guy. It seemed like they had like a relationship prior, like as if they were friends or lovers before. You know, they had like a vibe going. You can tell this wasn't either their first time around doing this. Like this is what they do to make their money. So um, I'm like watching, like, you know, I'm intrigued, obviously. But it's like I'm intrigued, but as a watcher, like you know, not that I want to join. So I'm just watching them. And then they approach me and they're like, oh, you need to get into this and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, trying to get me, I guess, to be a part of the scene. And there was like a little part of me that was like, okay, this could be interesting. Like, let's see where this goes, like the adventurous side of me. But overall, I had reservations. I was like, eh, this isn't really my thing. Like, I'm not really too into this. Like, I wasn't completely with it. And uh, I really wanted to take a second to, like, think about it. But they kept rushing me and rushing me and rushing me, like, into the situation. So I kind of felt pressured. So I was just like, whatever. Like, and then in, like, 0.5 seconds, I'm, like, butt-ass naked. But, like, whipped cream on my booty. <laughs> like, fucking sucking ass. And I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> So, um, the scene is over with, and at the end of the scene, I just feel like very incomplete and just like, it, like it should have elevated me, you know, if it was for me and it felt good, but it didn't, like it left me with like a feeling of like displease. Um, so I was just like, whatever. Um, so then they try to get me to sign these contracts and then this guy comes, we're going to call him doctor. Doctor comes and he kind of like saves me a little bit. He's like, you know, you don't have to go forward with this. You don't have to do this. Like if you feel a certain type of way, um, if you don't sign these contracts, they're not going to release the film anyway, because legally they can't and blah 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 they'll just delete your scene he kind of like made me feel better about what i already felt so i kind of had that feeling that i was getting validation from him and that helped me like stand stronger in what i didn't want to do anyway really to begin with um because you know you always kind of have that little doubt when a part of you is like oh maybe this will be okay even though there's another part of you that's like probably not <laughs> Sometimes you like pick and choose, you know, which side you listen to. Kind of like the two, like the devil and the, um, 
the angel on your shoulder. You know, that's real life shit, you know? So as the story moves on, um, after talking to the doctor, I kind of had like an epiphany. I was like, you know, I don't want to do this shit. Like, I don't even know why I'm in this environment. Like, what I really want to do is go back to school and do something. I forgot what it was. But in order to do it, I had to take a test that was like two days away. So I get all this energy, like all this positivity I have in my heart. And like everything in me is telling me to do it. So I'm like, hell yeah, like I'm going to do it. So I go off to the library and I'm like studying, studying, studying so I can take this test. And then I get these like phone calls and these messages from like my family. Like they don't think that I can like do it. They don't think I can take the test. They feel like I shouldn't like rush and do like a 360 in my life and change my life, you know, that quickly off of like one idea that I had. You know, just a lot of negativity. And they were like doubting me. And even though they were doubting me, I still didn't doubt myself. I'm like, no, like, I'm a boss ass bitch. Like, it don't matter if it's two days. Like, I can do it. Like, I'm really good at taking tests. And I don't understand why everyone's like, I have nothing to lose. You know, two days of studying versus me getting what I want out of life. Like, it's not that deep. So um, that really upset me. And back when I was at the porn studio set, uh, the doctor gave me his number. So I reached out to him again and like explained what was going on. And he was kind of like, oh, I'm here for you. Like kind of like he was he was being what I thought I needed, like someone to validate my feelings and to tell me that I'm right and everything's OK. Um but in that, I kind of started feeling a vibe because he was like, oh, if your family feels a certain type of way, you can come stay with me. And he had a whole wife, by the way. <laughs> uh, you can come stay with me. You know, here's my other number. Hit this other number up instead. Like it started getting really shady. And it was I was like, oh, like, hmm. Maybe you're not really on my side as much as I think you were. Like maybe you have like some type of ulterior motives. And there's like so many layers to that. I'll stop with the dream at that point. Cause that's basically what happened in the second part of my dream. So what I'm getting from that is kind of like, first and foremost, if you feel uncomfortable about something and you have reservations, even if it's a little bit, stand in that. Like, stop and think. Like, don't ever let somebody rush you into doing something, especially something as dramatic as porn. You know what I mean? Like, if you decide you want to do porn, like, be all in. Like, with all of your heart, you know this is the right thing to do for you. You know, like, don't ever especially when it comes to things of your own morality or your own uh spirit or your own feelings of safety you know with your body um always take a pause never feel like you're rushed time is an illusion it doesn't matter you take all the time in the world you can until you feel ready or you feel 100 percent like yeah i'm with the shits like let's go and if you're not with it like it's okay that you're not with it 
and this leads me to the second part, you never have to seek somebody's validation for how you feel. Everything you feel is right. Everything you feel, you everyone has a special place in this world and everyone is equipped with their own intuition and their own feelings about things that best suits themselves, that is unique to themselves. No one is the same in the world. So somebody can't validate or not validate your feelings. You are your own feelings. And that's a struggle you're going to have within your own self. You know, like you don't have to invite anybody to your internal struggle or your internal battles. You know what I mean? Unless you're at a point where you're you're actively seeking outside counsel. And even that you got to take with a grain of salt because you're the only one living your life. You are the only one living your life. So you have to sit with yourself at night. Period. So the fact that he made me feel more comfortable once he validated my feelings was a double-edged sword. And it led me down a path where I was getting attached to him in an unhealthy way. Like, oh, so every time I feel stressed about something or I feel like somebody is not making me feel like I'm doing the right thing, I now have to go to him and he has to validate my feelings and then I feel better. Like that's an improper coping mechanism, you know? You, first of all, especially having that one person, because think about it, look at what he started to do. He started using my feelings of incompetency, my need to be validated and started using it against me. You know, I knew where the road was going to go and that's why I stopped it there. Now, he would have had me wrapped around his finger, you know what I mean? And he probably would have gotten things out of me, whether it be from my mind, body or spirit that I was not willing to give, but I would have gave because he was the only one who was validating me. And that's why you have to sit in your own feelings sometimes and learn how to love and validate yourself. Learn how to trust yourself. Learn how to stand strong in your convention, your own convictions and your own intuitions. If you feel a certain type of way, own it. And know even if everyone thinks you're crazy, you're right. Even if everyone disagrees with you, you're right. When I was in school, I was always pretty smart. So... In the beginning of like being in school and everything, like elementary or whatnot, uh, the teacher used to ask these questions and everybody in the class would give an answer and I would always have a different answer. Like not always, but most of the time I had a different answer. And I would, in the beginning, I used to shout my answer out loud, like, is this, is that? And then everyone would look at me like I'm stupid, but I would always be right. <laughs> and the teacher would be like, yeah, you're right. And everyone's looking stupid. But then after a while, I just kind of, you know, stopped blurting out the questions out loud because, number one, it doesn't help other people learn, you know, and I noticed that all it does is get people mad at you just because you're smarter or, you know, but then you're being arrogant too. So I'll take ownership to that, whether you realize it or not. Um, so I just started saying it in my head and then 99.9% time, I was right. So 
in that, I grew strength that just because everyone around me thinks I'm wrong doesn't mean I'm wrong. And for anyone out there who is dealing with a situation or in a situation where you feel like everyone's being down on you or you're the oddball out or you believe something that no one else believes, but you really feel it inside in your heart, know that you're right. Know that you're right in how you feel and that other people aren't wrong in what they feel, but it's your purpose here to stand up for what you feel inside. You're giving your intuition because you can be set up in life differently than the way other people are set up in life. Everyone has different purposes and we need to learn to respect everyone's purpose, starting with our own. Be honest with yourself and living your path and your truth without reservations. So that was really important. Cause you know, that man would have had me, man. Cause I was thinking, I was like, dang, like he got a wife, but if he put me somewhere, you know, <laughs> I'm thinking about like how I could fit in his life when I really should be moving on in my life and taking the steps, you know, on my own, <laughs> like without getting messy with this guy. Like, what is that? You know, cause I think once you start doubting yourself, that doubt is a negative feeling in a lot of ways. And when people see that, sometimes people use it as a disadvantage against you. Like they take that little bit of weakness you have and they hold on to it and they suck you dry from it. You know what I mean? So you just got to watch out with that. And I feel like the dream that I had today wasn't really for me, but it was for somebody else. So anyone who is resonating with what I'm saying, you know, it's really for you. And I felt like I had to say something about it. Um, and hopefully it'll help and, you know, help for whoever is supposed to help. <laughs> so um, let me tell you the second part of the dream. Uh, oh, so the second part of my dream is kind of like the opposite of what I just said, or not the opposite, but the other end of living your life without reservations and owning yourself and having people respect your boundaries. That was the point that I wanted to bring up too. Have boundaries for yourself and teach people how to respect it. Like at the porn shoot, I should have said, nah, I like to watch. I'll sit and watch. And if I'm ready to come in, if I'm ever ready to come in, I will. And you guys will enjoy my presence. <laughs> But if I'm not ready, I have the right to chill and do what I enjoy as long as you guys don't mind me watching, you know. And then even when it came to going to school, I should have set the boundaries with my parents. Instead of reaching out to somebody to make me feel better, I should have set the boundary like, listen, I understand how you guys feel. I hear you. But at the end of the day, this is my life and this is what I'm doing with it. If you're not going to help me. I don't need your negativity. I love you. 
If I need you, I will call you. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Set your boundary and teach people how to respect your boundary. And in the event that somebody can't respect your boundary, it's okay to not interact with them on those certain levels. You know, it's okay. Boundaries is like a whole big old conversation. Maybe we'll dig deeper into but that's just the surface of you know the whole boundary conversation so this first part I actually had this part of the dream first but it makes sense to talk about it second and this is the other side of boundaries um so I was at like this party on like this it looked like a school campus or something like that it was like a really big party and I was just like you know walking around the party like alone and stuff just seeing what everybody was doing and I bumped into this guy named John. So John is somebody like this is not a part of the dream. But in my real life, the face of John that popped up is from somebody that I know. Um, this guy is very like charismatic. He talks a lot like he's very helpful. He's just like overall good outgoing type person. Um and he seems to always wear his emotions on his sleeve. Like, you know where he's at. He's not like, he's a very straightforward person. So I see John and I go up to him and um, he looks like he's in like some type of pain or something. So I'm like, yo, what's up? Um, and he travels from like a long distance away. Like he lived maybe like an hour away from the party. Um, I guess that's not that long. <laughs> um, so... I'm like, what's wrong, John? And he's like, my daughter just died. And I was like, dang. So in my mind, I'm like, yo, we got to find a corner, like, away from this party into some quiet to talk. Like, there's some deep shit. So, like, without even saying anything else, I, like, grab his hand. And I'm taking him, like, all the way downstairs. We must have went down, like, six flights of stairs all the way down. Um, and I see he's like walking slower and slower and slower. And I'm like, kind of like trying to speed him up. And then when we get to the bottom of the stairs, which took us a while to get down there, um, I see this corner that we can like sit and talk. And it was literally like five feet away. And he's like, no, I can't do this. And he just sat down literally in the middle of like, imagine like a hallway and somebody's sitting down like in front of the stairs in the middle of the hallway, like the most inconvenient place that you can land he wanted to sit and I'm just like what the hell I'm like it's only like five feet away he was like stop and then he just sat down crossed his legs and just started like bearing his soul to me and I was like okay so I sat down where where he was sitting in the middle of the hallway uncomfortable like what the fuck <laughs> and I was like let me listen to him so he starts venting about like how much pain and hurt he's in and how he doesn't have like help from like friends or really consistent family members and how he feels alone a lot and just all these feelings that I never thought he had like from the interactions that we had he seemed like he had a life surrounded by loved ones and he was going on trips and he had his family you know and everything was fine so I assumed that you know, he had support even before his daughter died. I assumed that, you know, he had a lot of loved ones and whatnot. 
And he was talking about how he only has one friend and that friend, all he does is come to his house and do coke. <laughs> so he didn't really consider him a friend. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was just weird. And um, I ended the dream just like talking to him and started. I started crying for him and me because it's like I didn't know what he was going through. And then after hearing about the pain for his daughter initially upstairs, my first reaction was to let's go find a place to be alone and bear our hearts because I guess that's how I deal with things. I'm like, let me just be alone and figure it out. Or, you know, I really enjoy with my friends, you know, the quiet nights of just bearing your soul and talking about any and everything because it feels like a safe place for me you know, alone in a corner somewhere. <laughs> um, but what I didn't realize what makes him feel safe because he always feels alone is being around people. And that's why he came to the party. He came to the party because something traumatic happened to him and he wanted to feel like he was around people. And my dumbass, before even asking him how he felt, felt or feels and what he needs and how he copes I took this guy that I considered my friend down six flight of stairs he did not ask to be taken down to sit in a spot alone which he did not want to be <laughs> to bear our hearts you know what I mean like he didn't need all that all he needed he could have sat in the corner surrounded by a whole bunch of people that would have made him feel comfortable enough to bear his heart, you know what I mean? Because everything in him was so heavy. It was exploding, you know what I mean? He didn't want to waste time walking all the way down the stairs to find a spot that I thought was good enough for us to have that conversation. You know, it's like, I wanted to create the best scene. Not the best scene, but feelings of comfort. Like, I wanted to feel comfortable talking to him about it when I should have just gave him space where he sought to feel comfortable you know it's kind of like putting words in people's mouths and what I got out of that was you kind of have to take the time to ask people how they feel before you start acting and that's a part of the other end of boundaries you know you have boundaries for yourself but you also have to understand the boundaries of others and what people need for themselves especially if you physically put yourself in a position where you're trying to listen to them or you're trying to help them you know you have to come on their level and you have to go to their safe places like everyone's safe place isn't the same thing but when you're interacting with someone and you're trying to be there for them and help them you won't always do it from a place where you feel safe or you think it's perfect. Because at that point, it's not about you. It's about the other person. You know, like I can't say I'm trying to help somebody and then tell them how they need to be helped. It doesn't work like that. Because a part of listening comes sacrifice. And even if you're sacrificing your own feelings or... 
your own ways of coping, you know? And I kind of just felt bad, you know, that I didn't meet him where he was, you know? He met up at the party for a reason to be around people and I like took him out of that situation. But it was a great learning experience though. Um, and you can't always assume like just cause people are like charismatic and when they're around people, like people gravitate to them and they have a really good personality and they're like the life of the party and they seem to be wearing their emotions on the sleeve. You really don't know, like, you don't know what they deal with, like, when they go home. You don't know how they really feel inside. Some people can be surrounded by a whole bunch of people and still feel lonely. You know, some people can go to these occasions and whether it be their coworkers or whoever, uh, classmates, you know, these little pockets of your life. And when you get into these pockets, people think, you know, Oh, you're so social. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're that. Oh, you have all this. You have a family. You have this. And then you can go home and feel like the most loneliest piece of shit in the world. And your coworkers wouldn't know. Your friends wouldn't know. So you can't always assume how people feel. You can't always assume. Well, you can't assume at all how people feel. And you don't always know everything. You only know what people choose to tell you. And there's different degrees because people use people for different things, you know. And not everyone can be everything to everyone. And it's up to that individual to decide at what degrees they want people in and out of their lives. I don't know. I'm kind of like all over the place with the second part. But there's just so many jewels you can get out of it. (laughs) and out of like the situation and so many conversations to be had about the situation and about like meeting people where they stand um but my point being to tie everything together is the other end of setting boundaries for yourself is respecting other people's boundaries and throughout your journey in life although you want to live in your truth unapologetically and not seek outside validation for your feelings and, you know, live the way you want to live for sure. But you also can't stomp on other people along your way. You also have to learn to respect other people's boundaries because when you set boundaries with people, people respect it. But the other end of that is you respecting other people's boundaries and the way people deal with things. Because every journey is a personal journey. People come, people go. Some people stay longer than others. But it's all within your journey. So. And it's funny because. I don't know. This just started blaring out at me towards the end of my dream. Like somebody was telling me like. Life has a way of ripping your eyes wide open. And I didn't really understand how that related to my dream. But in a sense, I thought I was just having a normal, meaningless dream. But when I looked deeper into the dream, 
I found little life hacks, <laughs> little realizations. Um, and I, like I said before, I don't think that personally for me, because I'm pretty good at setting boundaries with people and uh, living in my truth unapologetically and not seeking outside validation. But I felt like somebody else needed to hear that. Um, Cause it took me a long time to get here. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, no one's born with. Ah, uh, I don't want to say it like that. I guess I can say it like, as we grow, we develop and we gain tools along our path to live in the most authentic way possible. If that makes sense. <laughs> So yeah, life has a way of ripping our eyes wide open. Sometimes we think we're just having another day and then boom, you end up on a porno set seeking validation from strangers <laughs> and then going back to school <laughs> and having your family disown you because they don't believe in you. But yeah, and then you end up in the middle of the floor on the stairs at a party because your friend daughter died that was some heavy shit you know but it's all in a days in a day i think those those happen on separate days though i, I shouldn't say that because the first part of the dream which i talked about secondly happened like days before the or i don't know about time time doesn't matter doesn't matter anyway Anyways, I hope somebody got something out of my ramblings. Um, I just thought some things needed to be said. Take what you need. Leave what you need to leave. And just another day of finding the beauty and unfaithful expectations. <laughs>